Constructive Voices, the podcast for the construction people, with news, views and expert interviews. Hi and welcome to Constructive Voices. I'm Steve Randall and it's welcome back after what seems like an incredibly long summer break to Peter Finn, Pete the Builder. Pete, where have you been? <laughs> How are you, Steve? I was a busy man and uh, I'm back. I'm bigger and bolder than ever. Um, but now, look, great, great to be back. Uh, Steve, I, I had uh, a lot on my plate, um, both family-wise and, and work-wise. But uh, as always, uh, it's, it's a pleasure to talk to yourself and a pleasure to be involved in Constructive Voices. Oh, it's good to have you back and it's good to know that you're busy and, and doing all the things that you do and your, your TV work and your construction work and family stuff as well, all important stuff. Now, we've already started our fantastic series, our focus on females. Yeah, um, again, we've... We've spoken about this subject quite a bit on Constructive Voices and we will continue to do so. I'm actually delighted that we're getting the opportunity to run a series like this and to to speak to so many females that are, are in construction. But uh, today's interview is is something really, really special. Um, we're speaking to Joe Parker. Emma is leading the interview speaking to, to Joe Parker and wow, she has had such an interesting life in terms of what she's done in construction, but also the places that she's worked in and the environments that she's worked in are really, really something to be told. It's a story that that really had me uh, listening to every word. For anybody to have worked in the places under under the pressure and under the circumstances that Joe has done um, is, is 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 special. But to do that in a construction job and 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 your job being over there to to work on pipelines and to do the type of work that she does made it made it even more special. And the fact, obviously, that she is a female, it puts all those, those lads to shame. She she pretty much did remind me of of Tom Cruise in his Mission Impossible roles, <laughs> the stuff that she's done. Like, I mean, you know, the listeners will hear this when the interview is played, but she pretty much has worked in war zones. She's worked in places that, you know, we all recognize the names because of the conflicts that have been happening in those locations. And she just speaks about them in such a calm way and, you know, tr- throws out little stories about working in all these really difficult environments. And of course, her end focus is, was obviously to get her construction projects completed. She's been in the construction industry for decades. Some of the people we we'll talk to are new into the industry, but she's she got into it at a time when it was even more challenging to be a woman in construction. Yeah, and she starts off with that as well, like giving us the insight um, into what, what it is like as a as a female trying to enter into what, you know, has been a, a male-dominated industry. And she had to do some uh, different things and she had to go to some different places to even gain experience, which then allowed her to get jobs. And, you know, she, she's very honest in... in what she discusses and and the challenges that she faced. I suppose women are definitely starting to see a bit more parity now and are definitely starting to see things go in the right direction. And obviously we have a lot a lot more to go in terms of getting uh, all these parties correct. But you know what? Great story. And it really does give an insight into not only what, what it's like to be uh, a female in construction, but what it's like to try and get a start and try and get, get a, a couple of feet on the ladder and start moving yourself into the into the kind of position that you want um, for your career and Joe certainly did it in a very unusual and interesting way and again she's like got such a vast experience in construction and in the different facets of construction as well because she didn't s- sort of stay static in what she was doing she's moved around 
and she's still heavily involved in in so many different areas of construction and she's certainly invested her uh, time and experience into trying to help others now as well which is always great to hear so fantastic interview coming up well i think we've sold it i think we've piqued people's interest enough let's hand over to emma nicholson and joe parker and hear this fascinating interview Let's start by finding out more about both interviewee and interviewer. Joe, in just a moment, but first, here's Emma. So I'm founder of Women in Sustainable Construction and Property. I'm a chart environmentalist and I work as a sustainability project manager for a national consultancy in the UK. I have previously been a board trustee of the Women's Engineering Society and chair of the EDI uh, Specialist Interest Group for the Women's Engineering Society and do quite a lot for diversity and inclusion with the Charleston Institute of Building as well. Hi, I'm an independent uh, engineering consultant specialising in water and particularly water mains and asset management. I'm vice president engineering of the Institute of Water I'm on the EDI committee for the Women's Engineering Society and I've been a member of the society for a very long time since I was at school. I'm also chair of the Water and Sanitation Community Advisory Board of the Institution of Civil Engineers. Joe, you've had such a, an interesting and really varied career to date in both the engineering and also the water industry sector. In fact, um, about 40 years. Why did you pursue engineering as a career in the first place? And what motivated you? Well, um, I loved maths at school and I also loved maps and geography. And I came home one day having been introduced to plans and elevations in our maths class and thought this was really interesting and said to my parents, architects use this sort of thing, but I don't think I'm arty enough to be an architect. So my father said, oh, it sounds like you want to be a civil engineer. So I said, what's a civil engineer? And he explained they design and build things like bridges and dams. And I thought that sounds really interesting. Made up my mind there and then I wanted to be a civil engineer, probably at the age of about 14, 15. And I'm still a civil engineer, 50 years on. Brilliant. In terms of your career journey so far, it's been incredibly diverse and you've also um, worked internationally. Would you be able to give a little bit more information about that? Yeah. Um, initially, I had no intention of working overseas. I travelled quite a lot as a child with my parents, but I was quite happy to work in the UK. But I found a lot of problem getting work in what was called operations, managing day-to-day -day activities, because I didn't have experience of managing manual labor. So I thought maybe I'll get that experience if I work overseas. Uh, I then got into another sort of catch-22 that I wouldn't get work overseas because I hadn't got experience working overseas. And eventually I accepted a job in Afghanistan uh, working for a small charity through Registered Engineers for Disaster Relief. And that was really in at the deep end. Days travel away from anywhere, no communication, cut off for months at a time. Um, but I survived and I loved it. And having got that experience, I got a job in operations and I went on to work in lots of other overseas locations. Have you also worked in any community projects at all? 
Well, I suppose in Afghanistan, that was probably the closest to community projects. Um, I was asked if I could build a bridge for them, which was not my forte, but I did manage to build a better bridge than they had, um, which was quite important for the health of the community because when the river was in flood, it swept away the rather basic structures they had. And that meant that half the community couldn't get to the clinic. Um, So I built a bridge and I built some latrines for the schools and the clinics. And I also imported a whole truckload of fruit tree saplings because the area had suffered from deforestation. And um, I gave out 12 fruit tree saplings to every household in the area. I think that's incredible just to be able to contribute to, um, you know, the infrastructure and, and, and building a bridge uh, is, is fascinating. In terms of um, interesting project, this is such an interesting project, but is it the most interesting project that you've worked on? I know it's easy to say this. There are so many and every project's interesting. I mean, my very first one was amazing. Um I had to design an extension to a sewage works to improve the quality of the effluent. And then I went out on site and actually supervised the construction of it. And just seeing drawings turning into reality and knowing that you were making a contribution to the quality of the environment, that was fantastic. Uh, baptism of fire, but you know I came through it okay. And then I've done some really interesting pipeline projects. Um, But maybe one of the wackiest projects I was involved in was actually working with the BBC um, as part of a series of uh, programs called Secrets of the Ancients. And I had to try and work out how the Hanging Gardens of Babylon were watered. And that was such fun, working out in the desert in Jordan and basically building two different types of water lifting um, machinery that would have been around in ancient history and seeing what was best. Wow, that is that is um, amazing, absolutely incredible. What's also been the biggest challenge that you faced? I mean, it sounds like you've you know you've ex- probably experienced many challenges during your uh, very career, but um, any particular ones that have stood out to you that you've you know managed to overcome with? engineering solution? Well, I'm not sure it was engineering solutions, but getting that job in operations did prove tough. But I got there um, and I ended up, my first job in operations was running all the uh, water treatment plants and um, and reservoirs in um, Oxfordshire and Wiltshire and for Thames Water. But the real challenge, I think uh, the toughest job I've ever done was getting a pipeline repaired um, in Bosnia. It ran from up uh, from the mountains down into Sarajevo and it meant trying to source materials from all over the place and work out solutions with what I could find, negotiate with both sides, so with both the Serbs and the Muslims and get, try and get them to work together. We did manage it and it meant that a whole area in Sarajevo had water restored so they didn't have to 
go along the infamous Sniper Alley and risk being shot at when they went to get water. So it really did make a difference. Gosh, yes. I mean, this sounds like many of the projects that you've worked on have been very impactful uh, and made a, a huge difference as well. Are there any particular skills that you think are really important? I mean, we obviously, we've got, you know, maths is obviously important, attention to detail. But um, any other kind of advice you can give in terms of following a career in your field? There are two things. One is that you've got to remember you're dealing with a foodstuff. Water, people drink water. It's easy to forget when you're working on a dirty construction site that actually the final product will be consumed. But I think the other thing is just to love solving problems because that's what engineering is. And whether that's trying to work out how to repair a water pipe in Bosnia with next to no materials or to how to get the latest state-of-the-art water treatment with micro filters, as I did when I was working for Affinity Water. Uh, it's all about solving problems and being determined to find that solution and maybe be a bit creative. And I think the other thing is you're working with people as well as equipment, and you've got to get those people working with you. So you've got to convince them there's a solution, and then they can help you. Great answer. Thank you. What actually inspires you most in your line of work, Joe? I think the big thing is the fact that it does make a difference. Okay, in the UK, at uh, the moment, the water industry is very severely maligned, but there are actually some uh, fantastic people there. And you know, what we do makes just as much contribution to health as any aspect of the, the National Health Service. You know, clean water is essential. During COVID, everyone worked to keep the water flowing and washing hands was essential. So I think that's incredibly important to me. And then when you work overseas, you can really see in some cases the difference it makes to people's lives where maybe they've had to walk you know, long distances to get water that may be of quite dubious quality. And then you put in just a communal tap. And that means they've got water close and it's good quality water and it transforms their lives. Also, you're with the Institute of Water, aren't you? Yes. Um, and what kind of work do you do with them? How does it help your career as well? The Institute of Water has certainly helped my career in that you mix with all sorts of people, so it broadens your knowledge. And people talk about networking. I, I never think about it as networking. I just love talking to people about what I do. But um, certainly it got me at least one job where I said, oh, I'd love to do that. And um, someone actually came back to me after I saying, well, actually, I'd love to work in your company. And they came back and said, well, actually, I think we might have an opening for you. So that sort of thing can happen. And I would urge anyone who's working in engineering to participate in engineering organizations. But I, I'd like to think I've given back as well. I'm vice president engineering, which means I represent the interests of engineers within the Institute because the Institute has people from all aspects of the water industry, including chartered environmentalists like yourself, um, yes, scientists, yeah. 
customer service people. So I'm there to represent the engineers, make sure that the qualification process to become a professional engineer is maintained. I organize a program once every two years uh, for their engineering conference. I'm on the board and I have actually been national chair as well. That's fantastic. I just wanted to ask you one or two questions, Joe, with regards to women in engineering. And it still seems that there's still a, sh- a shortage. You know, how can we increase uh, the number of uh, females joining the engineering profession? And have you also found it being a woman working in the field of engineering? Well, to answer the second question first, when I first started, I don't mind admitting it was tough, but that was way, way back when there wasn't equal pay, there weren't any Acts of Parliament supporting uh, equality at work. And I will say that people's behaviour then would be found appalling these days, but it's changed dramatically. And these days, I mean, the people I work with, male and female, are absolutely brilliant. If I go on site, and I do visit site quite regularly, the guys who work on site, they're they're actually very proud of their work and they're very welcoming. Sometimes I think they make more of a fuss of me because I'm female. Yeah, I was on site uh, yesterday with a small contractor uh, auditing the quality of their work and you know, he was showing me the photos of his um, daughter, who's now three and a half, and I've known him since before she was born. And now I can't imagine many blokes would get that. <laughs> but actually, it's great. and We have a really good relationship. Certainly, I don't think there are any reasons why women can't work very successfully in engineering. Why don't they? I think a lot of it is total misconceptions about engineering. People don't know what engineering does. And in a lot of cases, it's invisible. I mean, I work with pipes and no one sees any of those pipes. There's this huge network of pipes below every road in the UK. Sure, yeah. People don't know they're there. So I think we need to make people more aware of what engineers do. Um, The Royal Academy of Engineering has some fabulous films um, which shows what engineers do and how exciting their work is, and I think that's great. But I'd love to see something on mainstream television. I've, I've got this idea, and if anyone's out there listening and can turn it into reality, you just do it. Um, Nick, my idea. Um, You can make a fantastic series taking the work of registered engineers for disaster relief and showing, you know, there's this team of crack engineers who every episode tackle a huge emergency and manage to divert it, whether it's a failing dam or mass exodus of refugees. You could make it just as exciting as Mission Impossible, but feature engineers because they never get featured. Mm. Yeah, that's a brilliant idea. Young engineers, when they're starting out, they probably might feel that they need to build a, you know, deep confidence. They need to build that confidence. Joe, you're extremely experienced in the industry. Do you have any advice for how young engineers might, you know, gradually build up their confidence? What kind of advice would you give to a, a young engineer just starting out in their career? Um, 
Well, I'd certainly give one piece of advice, which I didn't do and I wish I had done, which is ask questions, ask loads of questions. Never be afraid, you know, that maybe you'll come across as ignorant. You won't. You'll come across as interested. Um, So that's the first thing. Um, It can be a bit daunting, but go for it. I think finding older, more experienced people to mentor or just to be on tap to ask those questions. Um, I think that can really help. Um, and then, you know, just keep reviewing what you've done. If you do want to become, for instance, um, a professional engineer or environmentalist, you will have to um, show that you've been um, developing your knowledge and progressing your career. And so if you write that down, um, keep a record of it, then review it and see where you've come from, because you'll be amazed at what you've achieved. It's so easy to forget what you may have started off doing and, and what you're doing now. I think that's very helpful advice, Joe. So thank you for that. Did you have anyone that inspired you, either male or female, in the engineering industry? Um, well, I have to say some of the members of the Women's Engineering Society, there was a generation who sadly are not with us, but there were some fantastic women who were very supportive of me as a young engineer. And yeah, I was working, I was the only female most of the time. And so to get amongst these women and remind yourself that you're not some rather weird sort of being, um, but actually you're part of a big um, number. For instance, Betty Laverick, Marjorie Bell, um, Peggy Hodges. There's a whole list of them who were real groundbreakers and made a huge difference. And you're also a fellow member of the um, Women's Engineering Society, like myself. Um, And in terms of diversity and inclusion, what specific areas do you think need to be uh, worked upon or improved in the industry? Um, There's still lots more uh, progress to be made encouraging women. But I do feel um, it is incredibly hard for gay and lesbian people in the industry, there's still so much stigma and it's still a very laddish culture on construction sites. So I think that that must make things difficult. And in some areas, there's still a very small number of people um, from ethnic minorities. I've worked in um, a number of cities gone into uh, depots, which are in cities where there is a very large ethnic minority, but that hasn't been reflected in the depot. And I would love to see more people from those minorities of both sexes working in the industry, because it's such a rewarding industry. It is indeed. It's an incredibly rewarding industry. And it's been um, invaluable to hear your story, Joe, and also for you to share with us your um, your great experience and, and knowledge. And I just wondered if you had any thoughts on how, how you'd like to see things change and say like from 10 years uh, from now, 
for women in engineering uh, and also the built environment? Well, I'd love to see women equally represented, you know, as many women as men in engineering. Um, I did actually go to a site induction where the person leading the induction was female and all the attendees were female, which was fantastic. And I'd just like to see more of that. And to that be not something I comment on, but just something that happens sometimes. So that's what I'd like to see as far as women in engineering. And then as far as construction goes, I'd love to see engineering become really carbon neutral, really sustainable. Um, The Institution of Civil Engineers, for instance, is doing a lot of work to try and achieve that. But sometimes it feels as if we're a very long way away from that. But we, it's important that we try and achieve that. Biodiversity has really hit the headlines as far as the water industry goes in this country. Uh, and river water quality and also the quality of the oceans is um, really important. And it worries me about the sort of pollution with micro plastics and chemicals which are extremely difficult to remove. So I'd like to see some real progress made there. Plus everything to become carbon neutral. Um, we can't cope with global warming, you know, with the sort of temperatures that are being predicted. We have to solve that problem. And I do believe that it'll be technology and engineers that solve that problem. Now, it might not be civil engineers like myself, but you know, it will be technology that um, manages to turn things around. So that's what I, I would just like to leave anyone thinking about it. You know, become one of the super real superheroes, not a comic book. This is Constructive Voices. Wow. I tell you, Pete, you know, that's the second time we've heard that interview and yeah. just incredible she's a great speaker and she has an amazing story to tell yeah what what a great interview that was i have to say <laughs> that, that puts anybody to shame um in terms of if you think that you've got an interest in life and you think you've got some interesting stories to tell and um, when you hear what joe has done um, and how how calm she is about relaying all the the different challenges and the different situations that she found herself in and how she overcame those challenges all with the end goal of uh you know getting construction worked on and ensuring that pipelines were fixed and you know that type of stuff the project she's worked on the challenges she's overcome as a woman in construction all fantastic stuff and inspirational as well yes. and i think really good that she she highlighted that at the end of this it's all it's all down to people you know we we talk about buildings we talk about structures infrastructure big projects materials technology we talk about all this stuff but at the end of it it's all about people and those stories about you know building a bridge these are things that we take for granted in many parts of the world things like a bridge so that you can get to your education or your medical appointment yeah. you know when the when the weather isn't great those things changes people's lives it certainly does the world does come down to people at the end of the day and you know if we can we can pick up anything from from that that brilliant uh, interview it's certainly that using your experience and and discussing subjects and and coming to solutions in any environment and and any challenge that is ahead of you it can be achieved it does be achieved 
to be involved in construction the way that she is. It shows a true vocation to her craft. It shows a true vocation to the industry. And, uh, you know, we're honored to have had her on our podcast and uh, look forward to hearing many more interesting stories from many more really interesting ladies and females in, in our industry. Yeah, absolutely. And without giving too much away at the moment, our next Focus on Female episode will feature somebody who's at the opposite end to Joe in terms of her career path, someone who's just graduated, just starting out in the construction industry. And that's going to be another fascinating insight into uh, where we are as an industry in embracing all the different talents that are out there and bringing people into the, the industry at this most crucial time for the planet. Absolutely, Steve. Lots more to come. Um, Looking forward to hearing some more great stories. And that's all for this episode of Constructive Voices. Please take a moment to share it with others who may find it interesting. Follow or subscribe to get the latest episodes automatically on your favourite podcast app and rate and review the podcast if you can. You can also listen to the latest episode by saying, Alexa, play Constructive Voices podcast. Here's Constructive Voices. Here's the latest episode. And on our website where there's lots more information too. That's constructive-voices.com. Don't forget the dash. Until next time, thanks for listening. You're really helping us build something. Mm-hmm.